ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14. In the last few weeks, I've been saying something special about a number. I got nothing for 14. I mean, my favorite number is seven, and it's double. Seven doubled is 14. So there, there's that. I mean, there we go. Episode 14 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. Don't forget, guys, Summer Sports Spectacular is up. But this past week, Drew, oh my goodness, we had episode 13. We had episode two of the Summer Sports Spectacular. We had Drew's Lake to Lake soccer special, and we had Jordan's UFC recap. What a week for the podcast. It was a great week, I think, Jordan. We, like, a lot of people have really enjoyed the show, and like even with the Lake to Lake soccer special, we've never done anything like that before, and we've heard good things about that. And even you know the UFC recaps, more and more people have been actually listening to those, which, I mean, UFC is not as popular for our audience. so No, not for our age group. No, not, not by any means. And I think it's always good if we can introduce new things like Lake to Lake Soccer and UFC to our audience. So I'm really happy about that. Good stuff. I listened to the Lake to Lake. Very good. I was shocked by how many people actually listened to that for how long it was. That was our first podcast to go over an hour. Good job. Good stuff there. Your first time hosting. I mean, how'd it go? Were you nervous? Yeah. Okay. So a little bit, you know, I... I the great Jordan Lorenz always does the intros and outros and it was my first time really doing them. So nailed them. I, I appreciate it, Jordan. I really try to do the perfect podcast for you. And I, I think I nailed that and I, I'm I happy agree. how it went. I'm very I happy. Agree. How it went. I just emailed a place in two rivers about our shirts too, guys. We're trying, we're trying really hard to get these shirts to come to you and perfect will indeed be in all capital letters on the back. Cause that's what I enunciate. And that's how it is. I also, I had no clue it was co-ed, the Lake to Lake soccer. I had no idea about that. So I was learning new things left and right. Very sad that your soccer career has come to an end. So listen to that episode. Tons of good stuff with a surprise guest that you won't want to miss. It was a lengthy one, but even if you listen to it in like two sessions, that's what I did. I listened on my lunch break and I listened while I cut the lawn. Boom. Got it done just like that. Good, good stuff there. We've got our Instagram. We're still working towards those 50 followers. We got to get there. And then I will release the full schedule of the Summer Sports Spectacular. Every single episode, you will know what is coming up. That way you can watch all the games and prepare. Episode three is up this coming Wednesday, just two days away. Drew and I watched the Lakers and Pistons game seven. You want to give the people a teaser? That was a good game. Let's just say Magic Johnson. I mean, there's some Dennis Rodman on the other team. and it. There's some, it was a great game. That's all. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything. Just like how Jordan did in episode one. We do not want to have that happen. Um, Hate to throw the shade. It was a learning experience. We're getting there. I think by episode four, episode five, that's when we'll really have nailed it. Because we're still working things out. Episode three, we tried some new things in there as well. We're going to, by the end of season one, it'll be just perfect. Every episode will be great. And we are on episode three, a third of the way done already. With our summer sports spectacular, we have a YouTube channel as well. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. I put a new YouTube banner up there, so take a look at that. It didn't take me long at all, but it looks much better, much more clean than our last one. And that's basically everything besides one more shout out. Last week, I shouted out a basketball player. This week, we're shouting out a swimmer. If you remember way back when I was in Florida, there was like a swim team from Wisconsin. I thought that was cool. I gave them a shout out. We must be talking like episode three. I mean, that was a yeah. long time ago. But this week, Ben Redman, got to give him a shout out. UWGB man goes to college at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay, and he was swimming for a shot to get into the Olympics. He was at the time trials. I, that blew my mind. Good job, Ben. I don't know him personally, but but maybe I will. I honestly don't even know what grade he's in, but. I just saw that and was blown away. Fantastic stuff, Ben. Good job. Let's get into the stats of the week. Pitcher heavy stats of the week. So we'll start with the baseball ones. Jacob DeGrom. Drew, you sent me this tweet. A bad ERA plus is 75. An average ERA plus is 100. A good ERA plus is 125. Can you tell the people what Jacob DeGrom's ERA plus is? So what Jacob DeGrom did, his ERA plus was 626. And he's having, he might be having the best year for a pitcher ever, historically right now. Ever. And, ever. And baseball has been going around on since 1869. And what ERA plus stands for, just want to clarify for the audience, it is adjusted ERA 
and it's what it does. It adjusts the pitcher's earned run average according to the pitcher's ballpark. So, like that, that, and that's actually very important because like each ballpark has different dimensions, as we know. And then like Coors Field has the altitude, and it just all it put takes all these factors and it puts it together, and it's it just spews out a number. And Jacob Degrom has, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It is mind blowing his ERA plus. Yeah, more than an outlier, if for sure. I mean, this thing, it, this dude is insane. I don't know people saying he might be on something or doing something to the ball. I don't know. I can't say, but he has two stats of the week. This, I think Woodruff had two one time, but otherwise it's basically a record. Jake DeGrom has the lowest ERA, 0.56 in MLB history through 10 starts. So this dude is allowing basically half an earned run a game. Just unbelievably low numbers never seen anything like this i mean you're seeing guys with like eight eras sometime because they're in like as a reliever role they give up a few runs here and there their numbers are high 0.56 do you have anything to say about jacob degrom and what he's doing i think we covered it all right now for me he's the mvp of the nl the cy young of the nl the all-star starter in the nl of course and i think yeah i mean he's gonna get the pitching triple crown hopefully too but we'll see unless he has like a terrible second half for some reason it's a tough competition for guys like Woodruff Peralta Burns they're stuck with Jacob deGrom as the undoubtable number one but Woodruff's getting some high praise as well which is good to see we'll talk about him in our Brewers segment and here's a stat on Freddie Peralta so a rain delay ended his start this was on Thursday's afternoon game at Cincinnati he had six K's in that game, but it ended his streak of seven or more strikeouts to begin a season. 11 starts for Peralta. This is now tie third longest streak in MLB history. Number two, Shane Bieber, who had 12 starts with seven or more strikeouts. And then Randy Johnson had two. He did this two different times where he had wow. 15 starts with seven or more strikeouts. Unbelievable. But that ends baseball. Now for basketball, if you saw game three, of the Bucks and Nets. Clay was there, the Bucks believer. He saw this. Giannis and Chris Middle. It was the Giannis and Chris Middleton show. There's no other way to put it. Those two made up for 79% of the Bucks points in game three, the most by a duo in NBA playoff history. We'll talk Bucks coming up in that seg- our weekly sports talk segment. It's stacked this week. We've got a lot of good things to discuss. And on this day, we got a theme. For it this week but first Drew, I had to put in this honorable mention in 1966 Miami beat St. Petersburg four to three in 29 innings the longest uninterrupted game in organized baseball history how we, we talk about lengths for baseball what, 10 12 hours how long do you think this went it had to have been well if we think about it this is it's a little over three games that they played and if you think three game or like nine, three nine games is going to be maybe like like every game, every nine is like three hours. So roughly, yeah. Yeah, you you could say three and a half, three hours. So you could say like this this could be a nine hour game potentially, maybe even more. Yeah, Ten, probably longer at that yeah. point. I interrupt uninterrupted too. We have to just say it's not like they stopped after twenty one innings and they're like, all right, we'll start again tomorrow uninterrupted imagine if this was a night game oh my god they started at 7 p.m ended at like 7 a.m or something there had to be not a single person left in that ballpark four to three how how can you not hit off position players when it's that late in the game i we're, we're just going to end it and move to basketball this is a stacked on this day and i think you'll notice a theme on this day in 1987 so this is the year before the game we do on wednesday for the summer sports spectacular the 41st NBA championship Lakers beat the Celtics four games to two talk about a rivalry Lakers and Celtics that's up there on this day in 1990 so this is two years after the day or the game we're doing on Wednesday the NBA finals the defending champion Detroit Pistons beat the Trailblazers 92-90 in game five for back-to-back titles important to note Lakers won back-to-back 87-88 Pistons won back-to-back 89 and 90 the bulls win back to back in 91 and 92 92 finals bulls beat the trailblazers 97 93 michael jordan wins the mvp for the second straight year we talk about jordan how he was just 24 years old at the time of the 88 
NBA Finals. I mean, we're getting to prime Michael Jordan there on this day in 1995, the 49th NBA Championship. The Rockets sweep the Magic in four games. Let's go to 88 now, the Finals. The Bulls beat the Jazz 87-86 in game six for their third consecutive title and six in eight seasons. Michael Jordan's third straight year being the MVP and six-time overall. Michael Jordan, one of the best, undoubtedly. But we got two more on this day. In 2007, the NBA Finals, the Spurs edge the Cavaliers 83-82. Some low-scoring games in here. Yeah, wow. Like the Bucks and Nets game three. That was like the same score as these were. I mean, 87-86, 83-82, Bucks and Nets. That was 86-83. So just, wow, unbelievable. And Tony Parker was the man winning the MVP in 07. How about him? Finally, on the stay in 2009, the Lakers beat the Magic 99-86 in Game 5 for the 15th championship for the Lakers. Kobe Bryant, MVP. I felt that that was a very fitting way to end this on this day. Any comments on any of these games, or you just want to get right into this weekly sports talk? Yeah, I think let's let's just get right into the sports talk. Got some stacked. good things today. Yeah, it's absolutely stacked. We've got so much to talk about, and let's start with football. I always like to stay in the themes and put things together and college football right we've talked about it before blah 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 whatever college football playoffs what are they doing and now it seems like we're actually getting closer to this 12 team playoff becoming a reality which i absolutely hate and right now we know that in the first proposal they're going to propose that the six highest ranks conference champions make it in and then there is six at-large teams and with 12 teams we wonder how's it going to work with like a tournament all that so the four highest ranked champions get a first round buy. I mean, obviously the buy would have to go because then they would have eight and they could play four games. And then from there you would have six or you would have eight teams left and you'd be good to go. But we're looking at over a month for this span of the playoffs. It's not like this is basketball where you can be playing every day, every other day. Drew, thoughts on the 12 team? It wouldn't happen for until I think 2023 three or 2025 2023 at the earliest so we're talking a ways out but still you know i'm not a fan at all oh jordan hear me out here yet again i have some point some views on this i think this actually could be a good idea and i think what they're trying to do for sure is they're gonna try to make like march madness as we know that like you you mentioned but you can't play every other day but i think if they stretch this out to like a three or four week thing in january and I think I think it's good to get more teams involved. Like the four team, the four teams okay, but I'm not sure about the twelve though. That's the only question I have with this right now. I think twelve it's such might a be too jump much going from four to twelve. Yes. Like, why think, isn't there a medium? I think Eight we need to start perfect. with. Yes, I think we need to start. I, I like what they're doing with twelve. I like that they're talking that that they they acknowledge that hey we we might need to change up how we've been doing it the the past few years. So I think if we go from four maybe to eight in a year and we see how that goes maybe they go eight to 12 if it worked out very well maybe they stay at eight maybe they go back to four i think what the ncaa needs to do i think they just need to like kind of like play around and see what works you know i think they they certainly could and i'm i am for this right now i'm for maybe not for the 12 but i'm for them making this change so here's the thing right i was just going through this in my head if it's 12 teams so the first week would be the eight minus the buys, right? So you've got mm. four games there. Then the next week, you've got four more games. So we're at week two because you've got eight teams there at the second week still. Week three, you'd have four teams. And then week four, you'd have the championship. So this is going to be a month. There's no doubt about it. It would have to be a month long. And does that mean our national championship is going to be at the end of January? Because bowls always start end of December. That's really late. Yeah, that- yeah, that's going to – they have to watch out for the Super Bowl, of course, because imagine the Super Bowl and the NCAA competing. That would be a disaster. Um, I think – yeah, and they could also do, like, a six-team, which might sound ridiculous, but they could have, like, the, the two top seeds get the bye, the one and the two get the bye, and then the four teams play, like, the three the three and the four play. So I think that's a possibility too, but I don't know how fair that would be, but it would kind of reward the first two seeds, obviously. So I think the NCAA needs to increase it, yes but they need to find the happy medium to make, not drag this out for a month. You know, I agree. Yeah. It's 12 Beautiful. is too much for me. I don't think, but to your point before, 
it would be kind of cool if one Saturday you had the NCAA football championship and then the next Sunday was the Super Bowl. That would be kind of cool, but I don't know. It's just a month is so long for this to take place. Four teams was good, but what they're trying to do with 12 is make sure more teams get in. And I also saw there isn't going to be a limit for like how many teams per conference. So we could have four SEC and four Big Ten teams in there, which I think would be terrible. I like variety and stuff like that. But with the champions getting in, I don't know. We could talk about it for a whole hour if we really wanted to. Let's move on to Julio Jones, Drew. You have the details on this trade, the exacts. But Julio Jones gets traded from the Falcons to the Titans for basically nothing. Yeah, this was an awfully surprising trade. I mean, we, the media, it, it got all out that Julio Jones won, requested a trade. He wanted out, and here's what happened. The Falcons sent Julio Jones along with a 2023 sixth-round pick to the Tennessee Titans Sunday morning in exchange for the 20, a 2022 second-round pick and a fourth-round pick in 2023. And that seems like nothing for a guy like Julio Jones. Might as well just give him away at that rate. And he's been on my fantasy team for like last three years in football. And he's, I'm a big fan of him. I know he's had injury issues this past year. And what Atlanta Atlanta did, they um, kind of freed up some cap. They have nearly 15 million in our cap space. So that's enough to sign someone on a 2021 draft class. And also to ensure the team cap is compliant when they have their 53 man roster. So that is a plus, but right now with the situation the Falcons are in, I mean, they just traded their, like, number one. I mean, Calvin Ridley was arguably up there, too. So, I mean, he's going to have to step up this year like he did last year when Julio was out. So, I think, you know, fantasy, maybe you get Calvin Ridley. He might He's going to be an even better option than he was this past year. So, And they drafted Pitts, right? They got him? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Pitts. And you got old Matt Ryan, of course. But, like, yeah. they got they – got, now we're going to look at Julio Jones' situation now in Tennessee. He's got A.J. Brown as his fellow receiver. So that's, that's going to be a fierce duo. And then, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a solid quarterback. Like he's been, He had a very good 2020, 2021 year. They have Corey Davis still, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah have... He's really good. I had him on fantasy last year, and he was getting me some numbers. Julio, I had him on a different fantasy league. He was hit or miss. Like, he had probably one or two good games, and the rest was eh. Because, like you said, injuries got him. Falcons really just got rid of him, I guess, for cap space at yeah. this point. That was a big thing. But still, now they've got Ridley and Pitts. I mean, Pitts is really going to have to do well for this team if they put him into a big role. Otherwise, they don't really have a whole lot. We'll see. It's not like the Falcons are the best team anyways. And they, Matt Ryan's good and all, but they desperately need that man to retire and they need to move on if they ever want to be a contender again. Maybe they're working up towards it. We'll see. We'll have to move, see in the future how they do. But we know, as Green Bay Packer fans, Jordan Love is ready. He has said on multiple interviews, multiple media appearances, he is 100% ready to get the week one start. People have been saying great things about him. So Brewers did a good thing, or Brewers, the Packers did a good thing, drafted him last year. He sat all year under the guidance of Aaron Rodgers. He was learning, getting better. It's been all the Jordan Love show in the training camp because Rodgers, there was a mandatory training camp, mini camp, whatever it was, he wasn't there. Rodgers still not attending these Jordan Love the number one quarterback at they just signed another quarterback. So do we have five quarterbacks on the roster now? Uh, I think because yeah, with Rodgers, I think that'd be what that'd be five, and it's it's still concerning Jordan with uh, Jordan Love. Um, obviously that would be the ideal situation as we know because this team goes from being Super Bowl favorites with Aaron Rodgers to maybe scraping in a playoffs with Jordan Love is how people view this and. I'm not, that could be the case. Time will tell. And I'm just, I, I'm, I'm glad you're optimistic. Like you have, like you're showing, but like, I don't, I don't know, Jordan. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta give the guy a chance. I mean, if everyone's saying yeah. good things about him, he's never played an NFL snap. So that's concerning, but you throw him in there, give him a few weeks. I was thinking about it the other day. What if it's like a total movie like scenario, right? Jordan love plays first three games. Oh, and three start Packers are doing terrible. Aaron Rodgers decides to come back and he plays for this team. They win every single game and then win the Super Bowl. Can you imagine, right? Yep. He saves the day. That'd be a perfect documentary. We, you know, we could put right. this thing on Netflix. 
Make some cash. Yeah. Yes. It's all about the cash at this point. Last dance. They're aren't they doing one on Jeter too? They're doing the one coming... on Derek Jeter. Yeah. Uh there's there's a bunch of new documentaries coming out about sports things. I, I think Alan, I- Alan Iverson one there is, or that might already be out. Like the ESPN does the 30 for 30 ones and the true, true. ESPN plus you need to pay. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot, but the last dance really opened the door. Let's talk now about a tight end, Jay Sternberger. So it says he got suspended for two games, and I really didn't know what he got suspended for. A horrible decision, in quotes, stemming from a mix of antidepressants and alcohol resulted in Jay Sternberger's two-game suspension from the NFL. He tweeted out this on the 10th. He said, in February 2020, I made a horrible decision. While on antidepressants, I decided to drink, which led me to falling asleep behind the wheel. My coaches and teammates were the first people to know. I want to apologize to the Packers organization and everyone else who has supported me along this journey. It is never okay to drink and get behind the wheel. Over the past 16 months, I've been going to therapy and continuously working to be a better person. I will never ignore my mistakes. I've owned up to my poor decisions and accept the consequences. So, Drew, one of the big things that stood out here, he's been going to therapy for 16 months. That is a long time. We know how deadly alcohol and all that stuff can be, especially especially getting behind the wheel. That's not good at all. But in sports, pain, tolerance, and now Sternberger, he was on antidepressants. So that is not a good mix at all. But he's been going to therapy 16 months. He's missing two games. He hasn't done a whole lot for the Packers, but hopefully he gets well soon. And also for the Packers, full capacity. They're going this year, 2021-2022 season, full capacity. I have never been to a Packer game. I don't know if you know that or what? not. Never. No way. Not once. I was at family night like years ago. Oh, yeah. That's always great fun. I am. I really want to go to that Christmas Day game so I can see my boy Baker Mayfield play at the Packers. That'll. It's going to be cold, but full capacity. That's a great sign, right? Yeah. And I'm looking forward to having, you know, the, the thunderous crowd back at Lambeau. That's always great to hear on the broadcast. And I've actually been to one Packer game, Jordan. It was probably eight, eight, nine years ago already, but I've, I've made it to a game. I can say I've been there. I've had the Lambo experience in the 20 degree weather, maybe even colder in snow. It's one of those games. And that's the worst part about football games. Yeah. The season is well, I mean, in green Bay, obviously in Wisconsin, other places, it's fine. I mean, if you go to a Cardinals game, you're perfect temperature, but here green Bay, not good at all. They do have the heated field, which I think is really, really nice. Um, that's it for Packers. Let's move NHL real quick. I just have to say that, Drew, what happened to your Boston Bruins? Um, they were not uh, – it was a fluke year. They're, they'll be back next year. They're going to win it <laughs> okay. at all. I'm choosing them next year, too, in Boston. Right. We trust for the Bruins. Hey, I, you, I always loved my Boston teams, but I have to say, for our standings, we did the NHL bracket. We filled it out. I have 113 points. You have 56 points. Points remaining? I have 313 possible points remaining. You have 56. So I think 56 plus 56, that's 112. I have 113. I already got the dub. Guaranteed dub in the semifinals. Thank you. Thank you. My Stanley Cup is still alive. I had Vegas and Tampa in the finals. Those two teams are still in it. I said Tampa has been going to go back to back from the start. And I love Vegas. The problem here, I don't know if people were sleeping on Vegas or too high on Colorado. Colorado had a 2-0 lead over Vegas. Vegas won the next four to win the series. So that was huge for the Golden Knights. They are the one seed in the final four. They play the Canadians, and then it's Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders going at it in the final four. I'll give you a fresh start right here, right now on the podcast. Who's your pick to win the Stanley Cup? I'm going to go... With the loss, with the I gotta go with Vegas here. And okay, good, the reason good being pick. is because you said Tampa is gonna win it all, and I want to choose the opposite of what you say. I do. I love Vegas. First of all, they are my second favorite team. I switched over to my Golden Knights lanyard when they were down two zero, and they won four straight. So I'm just saying the it's lanyard. You. The lanyard might be good luck. I take credit for them winning the series. Great series at that. Let's talk about another series, the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks won game three of the series against the Nets. Game four took place yesterday, so we don't know what happened in game four. But game three was a low-scoring affair dominated by Giannis 
and Chris Middleton on DraftKings. I entered a dollar pool and I won a buck 50. I won 50 cents. So that was beautiful. My DraftKings money is going through the roof. Absolutely love it. Bucks win 86, 83. Looking at the box score, 35 points, 15 rebounds for Chris Middleton, 33 points, 14 rebounds for Giannis. Giannis was 14 of 31 from the field. I don't think you watched all of this game, but Giannis kept throwing up threes. I don't know why he does it. No, and yeah, and we could see at the end of the game that like they start taking the ball, I'd say, out of his hands, like with and they would instead set up like Middleton or Drew. And I think that's that's gonna be the way to go in the future because sometimes Giannis, like during during crucial moments in games, he just he just chucks up some shots. It's it's poor sort shot selection for him some at times. And yeah, he shot 14 for 31, one for eight from three, and those really aren't great numbers. But again, it's Giannis. He's He's one of the best players in the league. So, of course, you're going to still give him the ball. He's still going to play as more of an off-ball player. I think, like, if he plays more more of, like, an off-ball player at the end of the game, I think that would be a plus for this team because him going off screens, maybe around a pick-and-roll with him and Middleton, I think that would be a plus for this team. Use him differently offensively instead of just having him ISO and chuck up some difficult mid-range or long-range shot that, for him, his sake, it might not – probably not gonna go in that's what I was gonna say the yeah. isos when you see Giannis coming down with the ball final two minutes or something it's not good he's not the best ball handler I think he's got one move that he uses he never really changes it up his fadeaway jumper for mid-range has been looking good I mean he's getting better at that but still you don't want Giannis shooting a three-pointer to win the game Drew Holiday had the go away layup 46 minutes he played he really didn't do anything all game long until the end when he made the layup and also Bucks got really lucky. Giannis had a 10-second call again from the free-throw line in this game. So that's his second of the playoffs. He's got one in each series. And the Nets fouled him with like 10 seconds to go. But thankfully, thankfully, they had a foul to give because Giannis is not the man you want at the free-throw line in the final seconds. He looked pretty decent from the line in that game, but still not at all what you want in a tight game scenario. Giannis not a free throw shooter, not a three point shooter, but still one of the best players in the league. I don't know how he does it, but he does. Anything else to say for this series? What do you expect game four? It happened at this point, but Bucks going to win again at home? Yeah, I think the Bucks are. And let me tell you why, Jordan. I think if Giannis Antetokounmpo plays like how we just mentioned, he's going to play. Not he, he's not going to have the ball in his in his hands like eighty percent of the time. Middleton and Drew are going to dominate the ball, and he's going to just play his game he's got to get layups he's gonna get some dunks he's gonna get to the line he's gonna make those free free throws he might he might get a three or two you know a couple threes he might get possibly and i think if that happens i think middleton and drew make their shots and this team plays well defensively like they did in game three by allowing only 83 points like guys like pj tucker bobby portis brooke lopez if they play great defensively like they did in game three i think i think bucks tie the series up two two do you think it's a coaching thing with Budenholzer? He's like wants Giannis to lead, or is it like Giannis just being a little selfish and like carrying the ball down himself and not really doing playing to his strengths? I guess you could say. I certainly think it's a mix of both because I think with like Coach Budenholzer, I think when you have a guy like Giannis out the Kuba, you're gonna you're gonna put the ball in his hands, and I think certainly sometimes now it comes it's the, in the player's decision what are they gonna do with the ball, and I think sometimes Giannis makes decisions. Maybe he would rethink. He would later rethink because like chucking up those long range contested threes, that isn't really his strength. And maybe some forces when he takes on some of his drives, when he takes shots, but I mean, Hey, everyone does that, but like it'll happen. And I think Giannis, I think he'll bounce back and he'll have an even better game four than he had game three. Oh yeah. It's not like it was a bad game three. No, he just not put up all. some bad shots. I mean, if yeah. it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have even won. So Still, very low scoring game three. Hopefully that turns around. Game four was yesterday. Game five is tomorrow. I mean, we know no matter what, we're getting a game five. That is at Brooklyn. Bucks going to have to try and win. I mean, if they win games four and five, they're in a very good position to win this series. Bucks and six could potentially still be in effect, depending on how that game four went. Something else that we don't know how it went, Brewers prediction challenge. So I predicted 
that the Brewers were going to go four and two this week. Drew said they were going to go three and three. And at this point of recording on Saturday afternoon before the Saturday game, if the Brewers somehow lose on both Saturday and Sunday, Drew will win back to back weeks of the prediction challenge. It would then be five to three. But I don't see a scenario where the Brewers lose both Saturday and Sunday. We'll know by now. If you're on Instagram, I mean, I last week, oh yeah, I guess we could mention last Sunday, I went to the Brewers game. Corbin Burns, career high, 13 strikeouts, 2 nothing win. Both the two were solo homers. So, I mean, not the most exciting game in the world, but great to see Corbin Burns doing extremely, extremely well. Brandon Woodruff just had a heck of an outing the other day as well. And if I saw right, he had an RBI. Is that right? Yes, he did. He had a sacrifice bunt RBI. So, I mean, he, he's our version of Jacob DeGrom. He does it all. Offense. Offensively, it's a pitching. Yeah, yeah, he is our DeGrom. Just no one no one is DeGrom, though, at this stage. I mean, he is unlike no other. So far for the week, the four Brewer games we know, they won 5-1 over the Reds. Then they lost 7-3. Not a good game at all, that one. But they rebounded well. 7-2 win. That was the one with the rain delay. Brewers had a really strong second half. And then Friday... Beat the Pirates 7-4. Pirates could not pitch at all in that game. I turned it on in the bottom of the seventh. I think they said 11 Brewer at-bats in the bottom of the inning. I'm not even kidding. I think there was seven walks. Like, the Pirates could not pitch at all. They couldn't hit anything in their zone. Gelch had a two-RBI double, which is very good to see. He's coming out very, very well. What should we discuss first? The Shaw injury, the games from the week, or potential all-stars? Let's go. Let's talk about hmm, let's talk about Travis Shaw. And I think that's that's a kind of a sad loss for this team. I mean, when he, when Travis Shaw gets placed in a 60-day IL for was it a dislocated shoulder? Correct. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that's that's at this it's a loss for the team. I mean, Shaw's been kind of up and down recently. He start had that really hot April, led the team in RBIs. Opening day, he saved the day. Yes, he did. And that's why I think it's going to be a bummer not having him. But I think this certainly is good opportunity because now we have like guys like Luis Urias who's going to play at third. Maybe David Robertson's going to play a little bit. They're going to move Jace Peterson around probably. I think think this Brewer team has all this depth that we talked about this start of the year. And I think they're going to truly utilize that depth in this time. And like Peterson stepped up a few days ago. Oh, yeah, he's been doing great. Yeah, he's been doing great. Urias has been hitting the ball well. And... Well, you know, the only thing that we are concerned with is with Arias is errors. And he had a throwing error in Friday night's game playing at third. Yeah, and that's usually, I mean, with Arias, you're going to get a lot of air, errant throws. It's not the fielding that's the issue. It's always the throws for him, I swear. It is. I think at this point, you can expect like one throwing error series from him, and that might be optimistic. And I think the Brewers are a little optimistic with Shaw as well. The dislocated shoulder, put him on a 60-day IL. I think they did that. Just in case he's able to come back, I don't know if he's going to be able to be back. And if he is, who knows if he'll be at 100% for the playoffs, because that's kind of around the time, you know, and towards the end of the season, early playoffs, if he does come back. They got Hunter Strickland from the Angels in exchange for cash. Anything to say about Strickland? Yes, this is kind of the corresponding move made when uh, he went on a 60-day aisle, shot it, and so Hunter Strickland, I he's he's a respected big leaguer. As we know, he's been around. He was with the Giants, the Rays, and the Mets even, and the Nationals. But um, with Strickland, uh, this year he hasn't particularly been great. He, I mean, he got DFA'd by the Angels, and that's kind of how he's here. Uh, he's, he had a 9.95 ERA with the Angels. Hey. Granted, granted, it was only six and a third innings. But overall, his 2021 and 22 and in the third innings, he has a 4.03 ERA. And, I mean, he's got 20 strikeouts to go along with this. But um, with Strickland, I mean, hopefully we can see something similar to, like, his, his time with, like, the Nationals or the or um, even with, like, the Giants in his early earlier days. But, like, when he had a respectable, like, 3.97 ERA in 2018 or uh, 3.1 in 2016. But hope, odds are we probably won't. But, I mean, hopefully he can eat up some innings other than that because, like, I mean – Brewers are in a stretch right now where they're playing a lot of games and we got to save this bullpen. And and I think bringing fresh arms in is going to be the way to do so. So yeah, they're, they're keeping Lauer in that six starting role because they have to, I mean, it's another one of those stretches. So many games without an off day granted their schedule is pretty easy, but still you can't be having these guys pitch their arms out before we get to the all-star break. 
another move Brewers had to make. Tyrone Taylor placed on the 10-day IL with a right shoulder strain. And it says infielder and outfielder Tim Lopez has been recalled from AAA Nashville. I'm going to a Nashville Sounds game in just over a month. I'll be in Nashville. I cannot wait. And that is going to be good. I, did I not tell you about that? What? What? Why, why am I hearing this right when the fans are? Oops. I thought I told you. I'm going to Nashville on July. Me? July. Let me, let me get the exact dates. 31st, I believe. The July 30th, 31st, and 1st. I will be in Nashville. We're going to a Sounds game on that Friday night. Hopefully, I'll still be seeing Keston Hira because he might be there forever. But I am more than excited for that. Brewer's making a lot of moves. And, oh, let's mention the farm system. I got an email earlier in the week. I almost forgot about this. So it says at the top of the email, farm report, prospects off to fast starts in 2021. So let's talk about Nashville, who they got on here. Zach Green, 27-year-old corner infielder with MLB experience. He's been one of the staples of the offense, nine home runs, 27 RBIs. Tyrone Taylor is mentioned in here as well, who obviously we know all about. Aaron Ashby is someone to keep an eye on. He's off to a solid start. The 23-year-old skipped double A after spending last season at the alternative site and is pitching to a 2.93 ERA over a team high 27.2 innings pitch. He struck out 39 batters and has a 2-1 record in five starts. Not bad at all for Ashby. And then Zach Godley, who did absolutely terrible in the game he pitched for the Brewers, but he's been a consistently dominant arm in the Sounds rotation a .9 ERA in 20 innings and three starts. So that's very good to see from the sounds. And I did want to mention the one and only Garrett Mitchell. He's back at it at the Tim Brothers, doing well. Says he's back from injury and has picked up where he left off. He has played in just six games total this year, but is 9 of 19 with a triple, home run, and five RBIs. He's also flashed his elite speed with four stolen bases his understanding of the strike zone has been an early positive as he's only struck out twice and earned seven free passes. I mean, Garrett Mitchell's doing fantastic. Anything to say about any of these prospects? Yeah, one guy I'm really high on, and as you know, Garrett Mitchell, absolutely love the guy. I hope, because the last time I was really high in an outfield prospect, it was Corey Ray, and he hasn't really um, developed in the way I assumed. I mean, his strikeout numbers were still high and stuff, and I think of Mitchell... Like you mentioned he's taking walks and stuff. It's always good to see a patient hitter in the minor leagues because that's something that always that always translates very well to I think the big leagues. I mean, if we look at Castanera, he doesn't take walks. I was going to mention that he is the guy I think of. Like I I love love Castanera too, but like he's not taking pitches in the minor leagues and in the major leagues. He just swings at everything. So I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of frustrating to see that. But I'm looking forward to all those big all those minor league guys. Hopefully they can impact this big league club someday. That's what I'm hoping. I can't, I can't wait to go to Timber Brothers game this year and see Mitchell. I'm going to a Booyah game tonight. I love the Booyah. And I'll be there tonight. See, I don't even know who they play, but it's just so fun going to minor league games and stuff like that. Bandits, they were supposed to play this past Friday, but that got rescheduled. They played last Wednesday and won 12 nothing over Kiwani, I want to say. So off to a 1-0 start in the league. Good for the Manitowoc Bandits. Brewer talk. Back to it all-stars right i was listening to craig kashan on a brewer podcast and he said that a lock is narvaez to be an all-star in his opinion and he said colton wong is like up there as well potential to be an all-star i didn't know about that i mean he plays well but eh. narvaez i think catcher doing very very well other than that besides pitchers i don't think we'll have a whole lot so what I think is the case here for the All-Star Games, I think Narvaez is a lock. I don't think he's going to start. I think they're going to get the fans because I know it's like fan voting and like, you know, how they do the starters. I think Buster Posey, I think, is going to get the lock. He's been he's been phenomenal this year. He's played a lot of games. And I don't know, he's just put together a really, really good year for the first time. Like this is like for the first time in a few years. And yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. And then I think for the Brewers, other than, um, like you mentioned, this that's probably going to be the only um, – Offensive player we get, and then or the batter, yeah. We're Unless the fans vote Yelich for whatever reason, I mean he doesn't really deserve it at all. But it's fan voting, so I don't know. Yeah, and I and I think Narvaez though. I think he's been the best hitter so far this year for this team, and most consistent for sure. And then we're gonna go for the pitching. You say, I say, 
the issue then is like every team usually gets an all-star, you know, like the reserves. So the issue is obviously DeGrom's going to start the game, but I think for sure you, you pick two of three, I think. So you have Woodruff or, well, I mean, for sure, Hater too. So Hater's a lot too. True. But that you pick two of three then for these guys. Woodruff, which you would assume is a lock. Burns, I would have to say. Burns, which you would hope they would pick. And Freddie Peralta. I think there's a chance that uh, Freddie Peralta gets snubbed is what's going to happen. I Correct. Think, I don't think there's a one. I don't think there's a chance at all. Brewers get three starting pitchers no. in the rotation. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be Woodruff, Burns, Hader, Narvaez. So that's four, right? Did, did I hit them all? Yeah, that is four. That's a good group, though. I, th- I think that's a great group. And I think right now, I mean, we're looking at June 14th. So, I mean, like that's a month away. So I'm, th- I'm thinking if these guys stay consistent, I mean, Burns right now, it looks like he's, like if you look at win and loss, he's three and four, but he has a 1.97 ERA. So like, obviously the wins and losses are so misleading, but I think, I think these guys, the guys that we mentioned, I think they deserve to be in Colorado come July for the all-star game. And I'm looking forward to it. Certainly going to be interesting to see what happens with the Brewers. I think, Colton Wong's good, but is he that good? No. Eh. Kishon, Defense- that's a stretch, man. Yeah, I know. Defensively, he's been doing very well, but offensively, numbers are eh, they're up. They're, I just don't think he's going to be an all-star. I can't wait for the all-star game. It's going to be normal again for finally get a normal all-star game with fans. Home run derby. I haven't watched the home run derby in years. Is that something you pay attention to? I love it. They always do the bracket challenge and I always do brackets with my friends for the home run derby on the MLB thing. And we love home runs. So, and we do, I mean, home I, run, yeah, we do it for fun. I too. feel like, I feel like they change the format of the home run derby, like every other year, like one year I'll be watching. i like the time. The time thing is, isn't that how they do it? Like you're timed and then yep. it's how many home runs you hit. And there's a distant bonus. They're like, well, if you hit it like two above, is there really? if you hit two above 450 or something, you get extra time which I actually like because it encourages the players to hit the ball farther. And at Coors, we know the ball flies. We could see a home run 500 feet this year. Is Otani going to be in the home run derby? He better be. Uh, there is some concern I know with him. Like He like, he has a concern of it messing up his swing. That's usually the whole home run derby thing, like why players don't do it. So I don't think we're going to see Otani, but I hope we see – I don't know. I, I hope we see guys like that who have been just absolutely raking – like maybe like guys like Acuna, that'd be cool to see him. Adolis Garcia, that'd be cool to see him. He's been great this year for the Rangers. And yeah, that'd be fun. I will 100% watch the home run derby if Otani is in it. He just hit a 470, I said yard when I was talking about a home run one of the other weeks. He had a 470 foot bomb. I don't remember when that was, but that was earlier this week. Ugh, tremendous what the dude is doing. Unreal. That's it for Brewers. We look ahead to this week, right? Brewers are playing all seven games. There's no off day in sight. Another series against the Reds. This is like when they played the Cubs earlier in the year, like back to back to back. So 7-10, 7-10, and then a one-game game, a 1-10 game against the Reds. Then it's 7-40, 7-40, 8-40, 2-10 against the Rockies. Rockies are a terrible team, 25 and 39. I am going to go first and I am going to go five and two for the Brewers this week. I think they stay hot. And if they don't do well against the Rockies and we've got something to worry about. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I obviously can't go five and two as well. You know, that's what I was kind of do. Um, I'm glad at, I took it from you. I'll be at the game tomorrow, June 15th. I'll be there. Um, I, they got to win that night. They got to win for me. Um, and I'm going to say this team, you chose five and two. Oof. Correct. So here's your options, right? I, yeah. You'd have to either take four and three, which means they still are over 500, or you go bold and take six and one. Okay. And uh, the Reds, I mean, we've handled the Reds very nicely this year in the Rockies. I'm going to go bold, Jordan. And you know I'm wow. a man of going bold. I love going bold. Six and one. Here we go. And let me tell you what games they lose, which it's only one. Yeah, one. What game? Uh, they are losing Wednesday. But they are winning Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. They're going to four-game sweep the Rockies, like no tomorrow at Coors. This offense has been so electric lately with home runs. Put them in a ballpark like Coors. I think, I don't know, I just think this offense is going to have a big week. And, I mean, they're facing the Reds. They're facing uh, Gutierrez and uh, 
Luis Castillo, and they've done very fairly well against them so far this year. So I think, I mean, I don't see why they don't win those games. And but again, granted, it's baseball; anything can happen. Um, we should then, see Kane and Wong back this week, right? Yeah, or- yeah I, I, Kane's back this week. I'm not sure officially if Wong's coming back this week. He should be though. You would think towards the end of the week, I yeah. don't, unless sure. like something really bad's happening, but I don't think it is. So that's a big addition. Vogelbach's been hitting dingers lately. I mean, that dude's swinging. He's doing well. Yelch, I'm sure he could hit one at Coors. Then you've got Garcia, who's amazing. Narvaez, who's great. Keep him in the lineup, and it's good stuff all around. KBJ hits homers, too, so he could get a few. I mean, that's basically it. Anything else for the Brewers? Yeah, and I I forgot to mention another guy. I felt sorry. I apologize to Pablo Reyes, the third baseman, who's also going to see some time. Like we mentioned Luis Arias. Maybe they throw Jace Peterson there, but also Pablo Reyes. I mean, he's been up on the team a little bit, and I think, I mean, he he's had some good games himself, so I think he'll be he'll be um, the replacement for a bit too. So we hope he does well. That's all I got. The infield is insane. How many moves they've had to make when you've got Shaw, Reyes, Urias, Adamas, Wong, Fogelbach, Hira. They had Arcia at the start of the year. I mean, the amount of Peterson as well, the amount of moves that have been made in this infield, but they're winning games, and that's all that matters. Hopefully they stay hot this week. Time for some trivia. So Drew is coming off a three of five last week on the NBA MVP winners. And this week is grab bag. So grab bag was last in season one of trivia and grab bag is all about arenas this time around. And you know us. So of course I chose Wisconsin arenas. Let's get right to it. You actually get options on all of them. So every question is about an arena and a year. You get three options for each one. So this, as long as you use your brain, should be a good week for you. First question. The BMO Harris Bradley Center opened in what year? It was the 19... Okay, it was like 1988-1989. Yeah, like I, didn't the, even, I didn't even give you options yet, and you already got it right. Oh, you're giving me options? I didn't even yes. give you the options, dude. We talked about it, the SSS. Go listen to that on Wednesday. Yep, 1988 it was, so that, that's a dub right out of the gate. The options were going to be 1967, 1973, or 1988. thought maybe I could throw you off putting two early ones and a late one. You nailed it. You didn't even need them. Next question. Oh. The UW Panther Arena was built in what year? Would you like your options for this one? I'll take my options here. 1950, 1969, or 1985? Okay, well, I've seen it. It's kind of junky, but I love my UW Panthers. I'm going to say 69. I love the yellow seats, by the I'm way. I'm going to say 69. 1950 is it's, the answer. It's, it's that old. Holy smokes. But they it have Patrick is. Baldwin Jr., so it's okay. Yes, that that's going to be electric next year at the Panther Arena. 1969, that is incorrect. You're one of two to start. Right. Next question. I had to change this one because remember in the last trivia, we did something on Lambeau Field. This is before Lambeau Field. The Packers played at City Stadium. When was the first year the Packers played at City Stadium? 1921, 1925, or 1932? 1925. Correct. Got it. That is, we're going way back, almost 100 years at this point. Next up, my favorite arena in the entire world, because I've been there so many times, the Resch Center. The Resch Center opened in what year? 1992, 1999, or 2002? What was the second option here? 1999. Oh my God! I don't. So I was don't it know. built? Was it built before or after 2000? Is the first question. Yeah, I gotta think this through. I'm gonna say it was built before 2000. We're gonna go 99. It is not. It is 2002. 2002? It's wow. It's that yes. new. It is very new. I didn't I realize it was that new. But wow. So this is the big question here. Will you be able to go three of five? You want to stay over 500, of course. And I think for sure you'll be able to get this. This is a pretty easy question. Five. Construction for Miller Park completed in what year? 1995, 1998, or 2001? 2001. Ding, ding, yes, ding. That's, that is a beautiful. It was delayed a year, I remember, because the, the crane incident. And they had what happened was where the big blue crane fell 
and it broke part of the roof. And there's the statue of the three, the three uh, construction workers who died that day. Very sad day in Milwaukee history. It's on YouTube. It's very like there's videos of this happening. It's, it is horrific. But viewer discretion advised. As yes. They say. Yeah. Because I mean, you see the crane falling, and yeah, that's got. I remember it got delayed, so that's how I got my uh, keep me over five hundred today. There you go. Three of five, 2001. What a great year. I mean, that's the year I was born. So nothing is better than 2001. A three out of five week. And you are now, as I move up, 12 of 20 in trivia. Doesn't sound the best. 60%. Yeah. So you're still there because that's what you got last week. So eh, could be better. Could be worse. Trivia. We still have video game cover athletes, and all-time MLB statistics coming up for trivia. I did tell you before we came on, I want to do Brewers All-Star Trivia, so I'll add that coming up as well. Season 1 had 50 trivia questions. Season 2 might be 40, give or take. It's not going to be as many, I don't think, unless I can find more special ones. But yeah, that is it. Episode 14 is done and over. I am using a new microphone, by the way. I don't know if you're able to tell or not, but this week I had I got a new computer a while ago and my Blue Yeti microphone, it was not working at all. I couldn't hear myself through the headset. I love being able to just plug the headset into the microphone. So I got a, what is it called? A Razer Syrian X or something like that. I believe it is. It, I think it sounds basically the same. All, all good things here at the podcast four of them were uploaded last week so if you've been a little behind you've got a whole week to catch up on everything episode 14 is dropping obviously today monday episode three of the summer sports spectacular is up this coming wednesday lots of good stuff all around anything else from you drew no i think you hit it all i'm really excited for then episode 15 the next week and episode four of the sss we're going to keep rolling, rolling out some new content for you guys. We've heard some good things, and we're just really excited to keep just bringing you guys new stuff. It's a busy summer, but very rewarding summer for us as we continue to get our numbers up. Shirts sure, coming soon, guys. I promise. We're working on it. We're going to get these things. They're going to be a reality. Our YouTube channel is ready to be subscribed by you all. Same with our Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Please go ahead and follow that if you haven't already drew i know you're on instagram twitter snapchat you're on it all i'm on it all you can follow me drew skyberg d-r-e-w-s-k-y-b-e-r-g and then how about you jordan i'm on the twitter we need to get back to 40 followers i lost one i'm at 39 so jordan law underscore pxp follow me on there notification i just saw on my phone harden was ruled out for game four so game four it's done and over but now we know officially harden won't be playing hopefully bucks have the series nodded at two games apiece. Hopefully we see a Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Stanley Cup final. Hopefully we see a good Brewers week. And hopefully we see you all listening to every episode we put out. We thank you all so very much for listening to Jordan Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.